If Joseph would have never gone to Egypt and he would have stayed, they would have starved to death. This would have never happened. It would not be written in the scriptures. But you see, everything that's in the scriptures, God's purpose is for us to read, to understand, and to live by it, so that we, one day, as we stand before him, we can hear the voice of the Lord, that good and faithful servant, come in. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We are so glad you've joined us today for our continued focus on the faith legacies of biblical believers. Today, Raul will ponder the inspiring reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers, long separated by a single sinful choice. Exploring how Joseph's suffering spared others from death, we'll see that his story points to Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf and his family reunion provides a hopeful glimpse into our future. In Genesis chapter 45, here's Raul Reese. Joseph, a type of Christ. I, mean, I told you before that Joseph, not only is one of my favorites, but also the way he comes out in his own personality and what he does in the kingdom of God. He's now in Egypt. He's been there now for 20-some years. And his brothers come down to Egypt. They've been coming down because there's a famine coming. And they want to not only have something to eat, but they come to Egypt. And it's an opportunity for Joseph to see them and to actually bring him down to Egypt and have a time of repentance and a time of coming to forgiveness. Forgiveness is very important in the Christian life. If you don't forgive, how can Christ forgive you? And Joseph becomes a type of a person that teaches me, teaches you today, the real act of love. Love's another thing that we need to understand and have in our lives. Because true love forgives. And yet Christ is one of the greatest, greatest saviors in the world. Joseph, when you study him, he's that of Christ in his own personal life because he's coming to that place where he has to forgive his brothers, and he does forgive his brothers. And we're going to study that this morning. Joseph is coming to that place now where he's going to reveal himself to his brothers. Let's begin in chapter 45, verse 1. And then Joseph could not retain himself any longer before all those who stood by him. So everybody standing by him is his brothers and these guys that are Egyptians that are taking care of not only of the kingdom, they're soldiers. And they're standing there and Joseph is here watching his brothers and watching these guys. He says, go out from me. So one stood with him a while and Joseph made himself known to his brothers. He told these guys, get out, go away. And let me just say with these young men, and of course also his brothers. I mean, how would you feel when you don't see your brothers for 20-some years, and all of a sudden you see them, and you recognize, and you know that they were the ones that sold you to the Egyptians, because they didn't like you. Jesus was sold to the Romans. And what did they do? They crucified him. 
Peter, James, and John, they recognized that he was the Messiah, the Messiah, the anointed one of God. And Joseph is going to try really to bring his brother together and his father together. And he wants to reconcile. He wants to make things right before his family. But one thing, they don't recognize who he is. They don't know who he is. Again, he says here, And so no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. So here we are. He could not restrain himself. His emotions are totally not only uh, bringing forth this emotion where he's going to be weeping in a moment. Imagine how we're going to feel when we see Jesus after 2,000 years. He's going to come. Imagine the Jews, how they're going to feel rejecting him, and then he's coming to restore their lives and to bring them into the kingdom age. And Joseph must have gone through all these emotions in his life, recognizing here are my brothers, the one that sold me to the Egyptians. They're the ones that hated me. And here I have the opportunity to put them to death, to get rid of them. But God placed in his heart this love, this love that he had now. How about you today? Who is it that you don't love today? Christ doesn't hate anybody, but he loves people. And maybe you feel like you can't forgive. Maybe you feel like that person can forgive you for what you've done to them. But what I've done and what you can do is you can go to that person if you haven't offended them or done anything but they hate you to go to that person and say, listen, what did I do to you? I want you to forgive me. Taking that step of faith, taking that step with the love of Christ, that you're doing what is right and biblical in the word of God and that is to forgive even your enemies. That's a hard thing to do, believe me. Look at verse 2. The love revealed here to his brothers. And Joseph wept out loud. Now weeping for us, when you do a funeral, somebody dies, you see people crying. But in the east, when someone cries, it's like they're yelling loud. You can hear them from, you know, if you actually, if we're here and they're in the lobby, you can hear them screaming, yelling, in tears, emotions. My father, my mother, my wife, my husband has just died. And it's important that we understand when we read the word weeping here, is weeping out loud with deep emotion because I love them. And now they're gone. Well, here is Joseph. He wept out loud and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard him on the other room. They go, man, why is he weeping that loud? Remember, Jesus wept twice, one for Lazarus, and the other one, he's looking at Jerusalem, recognizing that Jerusalem was going to be judged by the Romans, that Titus would come and destroy the city of Jerusalem. And when you go to Israel, we can see those stones that Titus took not only Jerusalem, but took stone upon stone, and you can see the stones stacked up in the back of the city of Jerusalem. And maybe you've been weeping a lot. Maybe you've been weeping out. There's nothing wrong with weeping. Emotionally, you can really talk to those that have come against you and it hurts you. And maybe here today, 
There's something that has been bothering you for a long time, or maybe you've been weeping in your own personal life. That Christ can bring that peace that passes all understanding. That your heart can be right before the Lord. Which we see Joseph here, his heart, man, is right on for the Lord. He sees his brothers, he's weeping, he's crying, because now he's going to make things right. They were supposed to make things right, but he takes that initiative to make things right and to love them and to forgive them. This is needed in the church today like never before. He goes on in verse 3, and he says, And Joseph said to his brothers, he makes himself known. I am Joseph. Notice, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? The first thing that he does is asking about his father. Jacob, is he still alive? Israel, governed by God. He's very old. He's going to die soon. But he wants to make sure out of all those years that his father was alive, he wanted to see his father. Because he loved his father. And then he goes on and he says, But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. They couldn't talk. They couldn't believe that this was Joseph. They thought Joseph was dead. Joseph was gone. And imagine how they must have felt standing back looking at Joseph. And here is Joseph showing love to them. And saying, My brothers... How is my dad? And he wanted to hear not only from them, but they couldn't speak. They couldn't speak because they were in shock that this was Joseph, the one they came against and the one that they hated. Verse 4, Joseph stand there loved enough for his brothers. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. He calls them to be near so he can love them. He can hug them. And he can say, you guys, I love you, I've forgiven you, and come close. I'm not going to do anything to you. Because remember, he had the power to do whatever he wanted to do. Jesus said, I am the bread of life in John 6, 35, 48, and 51. He said, I am the light of the world in John 8, 12. And then before Abraham, I am in John 8, 58, Jesus said. I am the door to the sheepfold. John 10, 7, and 9. And Jesus was the type of a person not only revealing himself as light, and then as he not only got himself and revealed himself to the disciples, the disciples not only were blown away, but here is Joseph once again. Because Jesus, after the resurrection, when the disciples saw him, they couldn't believe it. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. For more resources to ground your faith in God's goodness, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. Raul also invites you to join him this November on a Holy Lands tour called Footsteps of Paul. Check out our website, somebodylovesyou.com, for more details. Now back to the final part of our study. So here are his brothers. I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold in Egypt. You see, he says, you guys sold me into Egypt. I wanted you to know that. Why? Because I have nothing against you. He could have never said this, but he said it. 
He said to them, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. How do you think this guy felt when he said that? Is he trying to get even with us? Does he want to remind us? No, he wanted to let them know because he was forgiving them. He was forgiving them. Just like Jesus forgiven you has forgiven me. Coming from the world, things that we did, that Jesus was able to forgive me and continues to forgive me. He takes my sins. He casts them as far to the east or the west and buries them in the deepest part of the ocean and remember them never, never again. We're the ones that are constantly remember ourselves. Paul says in Romans 8.1, Therefore there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We are in Christ. Don't let the devil condemn you. Jesus wants you to repent, but if you keep going back to the same sin, something is wrong. Here Joseph is making things right with his brothers, and his brothers are going to make things right with Joseph. They begin to see that Joseph has forgiven them, like Christ has forgiven you and forgiven me. Verse 5 through 8 here, the perfect will of God accomplished. Verse 5 we see here. Joseph's purpose here. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me. For God sent me before you to preserve life. You guys, it was God. I didn't see it 20 years ago, but I see it today. That you sold me in Potiphar, his house, and then how I went to jail. And now I am second in command. God placed me here so that I can take care of you during the famine and you would not die and you would not be put to death. But I could bring you to Egypt. You notice I can bring you here to Egypt and then 72 you come and then later on 400 years later what's going to happen? Three million people would be there. And then they would be released from Egypt. God's purpose, God's ways are not our ways. Remember that. What God has for me, what God has for me, and what God's going to have for me in the future, I don't know, but man, I'm lined up with the Lord. Whatever he has. I don't want to neglect what God wants to do in my life, the gifts he wants to give to me. I want to be at the right time, at the right place. I want to make sure that I'm reading, I'm praying, listening to the Lord. Because that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And to recognize that our time is short. Time is short. Jesus is coming. We need to be ready. Ready to meet the Lord. Ready to say, I have done thy will, O Lord. Jesus said that. Father, I am doing your will. You want me to go to the cross? I will go to the cross. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that today God will speak to us in such a powerful way. That when we leave here, not only we've learned, but begin to practice what we preach. Begin that people can see that we're really fully committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Joseph was 39 years old at this time. In verse 6 he says, And these two years of famine has been in the land, and there are still five more years, so seven years, in which... There will be neither plowing nor harvesting. There will be a shortage of food, 
But listen, I am Joseph and God has provided and I'm going to take care of you just like Jesus is taking care of us. The world will suffer because God's going to judge, but with us, the Lord is going to take care of who? His sheep, his lambs. God has called us, he saved us, he's taking care of us. And then check this out what he says in verse 7. He says, and God has sent me before you. To do what? To preserve posterity for you in earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. He tells them the purpose of God, sparing them. You see Joseph. If Joseph would have never gone to Egypt and he would have stayed with his father and his brothers, they would have starved to death. This would have never happened. It would not be written in the scriptures. But you see, everything that's in the scriptures, God's purpose is for us to read, to understand, and to live by it so that we, one day, as we stand before him, we can hear the voice of the Lord, that good and faithful servant, come in. Come in. One day we're going to stand before the Lord. And we're going to have to give an account of our lives. And we're going to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then sadness is those that will never be there. Because they rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. In verse 8, he says, So now it was not you who sent me here again, but God. God sent, God is the one that sent me here. That's why I'm here. Imagine what they're thinking in their minds, what's going on in their hearts. Thinking, wow, we never knew that God was in control. God is in control of all of our lives here. Don't ever think he's not in control. He's always in control of my life. This is why if I'm not walking in the ways of God, what does he do? Because he loves me, he spanks me. As a father, as a parent, you spank your children because you love them, not because you hate them. And God will continue to do that in my life, in your life. He wants you to walk that narrow, straight line, not the broad way, the narrow, straight line. So that one day, as we walk that straight, narrow line, we can hear the voice of our Lord, that good and faithful servant. Again, verse 8. So it was not who sent me here, but God is he has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord all his house and ruler throughout the land of Egypt. And he was in charge with Potiphar. He was in charge in jail, remember? And now he's in charge with who? With the Pharaoh. Because he's a leader. He's a great leader because his number one priority was who? God. God is priority. Man, God has to be our priority. Nothing else. Everything else is secondary. God first, family second, and whatever else is number three. But if God is not your priority, everything will be out of order. But if God is my priority, everything's aligned. Everything is done by God himself. There's order in my life. And when there's order, there's rewards. God rewards his faithful. And I would pray and hope this morning that God will not only bless you, 
but that you would bless him by giving your full attention to him. To give him everything that you have in your life. That he will be the one to not only take and balance your life, but you come to that place where not only you know that you're doing what's right like Joseph, but you'll be able to love people that maybe you don't love today. For God so loved that he gave. You need to learn how to give yourself. Verse 9. He says, hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus saith your son Joseph. You know, just go with him and tell him what I said. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me and do not tarry. Imagine. He wants his father to come down because now Joseph is in charge of everybody. Second in command. And he has the power not to have his brothers and his father. To be in a place that God will give to them because of their flocks. A place where they're going to live. A place where they're going to not starve to death. But God is going to take care of them. And to prepare the way for the next 400 years what's going to take place. They're on the way to the promised land. But that's going to be a little while. 400 years before it happens. Verse 10. And you shall dwell in the land of Gosher. Notice. But I guess what he says here in verse 11, there I will provide for you. There it is again. I will provide for you again. Lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, for there are still five more years of famine. And what does he say? I'm going to take care of you. How long has God been taking care of you? (laughs) Since you came to Christ for sure. He's taking care of you. He continues to take care of you. And he will continue to take care of you until Jesus comes again. But you got to trust him. You got to have faith in him. You got to stop having unbelief in your heart. And you need to be loving to people. You need to be kind to people. And you need to understand that God has called you. He saved you. And now he's going to use your life just like he did Joseph. And just like he did his brothers. He goes on in verse 12. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of your brother Benjamin. See that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father and all my glory in Egypt. And all that you have seen. And you shall hurry and bring my father down here. He wants to make sure that he hurries up. He wants to see his father. And that's what we do. Lord, come quickly. Lord, come quickly. Please, Lord, come quickly. Look at the world today. Verse 14. And then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck. And what did he do? He wept and Benjamin wept on his neck. There's a reconciliation. It's a uniting of brothers. Like one day we're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to be weeping. We can't believe what he's done in our lives. And when we get to heaven, there's no more weeping. No more death, no more weeping. We're going to be just like him and we're going to have an incredible time forever and ever and ever and ever. Not 70 years, forever and ever. And then he says, Verse 15, moreover, he kissed all of his brothers again, and he wept over them, and after his brothers talked with him. Four times 
He says that he wept, and they wept. It is wonderful to anticipate the day when we see Jesus face to face, a day made possible through his willing sacrifice. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's message was titled, Joseph, a Type of Christ. For a donation of $5 or more, we'll send a complete copy to you. Just call us at 800-634-9165. Now, to further encourage you with reassurances of God's great love and eternal plans for your life, we'd like to tell you about the entire series we're currently airing, titled, Men of the Bible. Rawls' 20-part study will guide you in exploring more stories of faith and triumph that will spur you on in your journey with the Lord. We've made this resource available on both CD and a USB drive so you can dive into the Bible at your convenience. To order Rawls' 20-part Men of the Bible series, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your CD set for a gift of $26 or the flash drive for $21. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We value your partnership. Your tax-deductible gifts enable us to keep sharing God's truth through these broadcasts. Next time on Somebody Loves You Radio, we'll begin a new series focused on spiritual authenticity. We'll see that God isn't fooled by religious hypocrisy, and He isn't content with a small place in our hearts. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.